And this week, the coalition lost its 38th news poll to Labor. But also, Malcolm Turnbull plunged for the first time in a long time in the preferred Prime Minister rankings, dipping a significant uh, seven points from 19 points to 12 points. David Briggs is the man behind the polls. He is the managing director at YouGov Galaxy, which conducts news poll. David, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Miranda. Now, are you, were you uh, surprised by that quite precipitous drop in Malcolm Turnbull's preferred Prime Minister rankings? Well, yes and no. Uh, on the whole, uh, what we've seen over recent months is uh, the coalition coming back into the comp- contest. They have been trailing uh, on the two-party preferred for some time, and at various times they've been a long way behind. But now the two-party preferred is coming back to 51.49. However, in the week prior to the poll, we had uh, Tony Abbott stirring things up again and uh, questioning the uh, decisions by the leadership of the party. And we also had uh, the result of the by-election in Longman that confirmed that uh, uh, the coalition still have a long way to go if they're going to win the next election. Yes, a lot has been made about uh, that by-election in Longman. Um, but in context with the other by-election uh, particularly in Braddon in Tasmania, the the overall swing was within the normal swing that you get, at, that a government normally gets at a by-election, isn't it? Well, that is true. But um, these um, Section 44 by-elections are just not normal by-elections. I mean, Barnaby Joyce had a swing in his favour of uh, 7.2%, and uh, John Alexander in Benelong had a swing against him of 4.8%. So uh, it's very... These are very different by-elections, and the reason is because um, the sitting member or the past sitting member is generally contesting the seat, and that's not a normal thing that you'd see in by-elections. So would you have expected the swing to be about where it was? Well, certainly uh, with the polling that we were doing for uh, News Poll and also the Courier Mail, etc., uh, p- these polls were suggesting uh, that um, Longman and uh, Braddon would be retained by Labour, which they were, and that uh, Rebecca Sharkey and... Uh, also uh, would be retained in uh, Mayo and also an easy Labour win over in Fremantle. So the results were were on the money. Well, the polling for the uh, by-elections was on the money, that's for sure. And now back to Longman, that by-election, the Liberal uh, Party primary vote plunged into the 20s and it seems as if that that uh, their primary vote was cannibalised by one nation. Is that a pretty dire consequence? Well, this is a common picture, Miranda, because what typically happens is when the one nation vote is high, it principally comes off the uh, coalition or the Liberal or National Party candidate. But then, and this is the problem for the coalition, uh, in terms of preferences, uh, there'll be a significant leakage to the Labour Party. So we'd have about 60% of preferences going to the Liberal or National candidate, 40% going to Labour. And this is the real problem that uh, both the Liberal and National Party have have. Uh, in these seats where one nation does well. And why is that? I mean, if these are traditionally coalition voters and they're voting for one nation, why do their preferences then, so many of them, four in ten, get get pumped over to Labor? Well, I I think there's two factors. The first is that maybe not all of them are traditional uh, coalition voters. And Mm -hmm. in fact, uh, you know, many of the messages from Pauline Hanson resonates with blue-collar Labour voters. So that would be one thing. But the other thing is that maybe some of these um, coalition voters are um, not prepared to vote directly for Labour, but are, are willing to go to the halfway house and will vote for One Nation 
and then preference Labour ahead of uh, the Liberal on that. So maybe there's just two, you know, it's, it's a mixture of those two factors. Oh, that's interesting. So you're saying that they might be coalition voters who can't bring themselves to give Labour their first preference, but they'll give, it, give Labour their second preference over the coalition. That's right. Right. So that implies that there's a, a, a good deal of anger out there in the electorate against the coalition. Oh, for sure. And in Queensland, it's a real problem. In, in the, um, each quarter, we produce uh, news poll figures for each state, and they were showing that uh, the uh, LNP vote in Queensland is down by 8 percentage points, which is pretty much in line with what we saw in Longman. So the Longman result was not um, out of character for uh, what we're seeing in Queensland. It was actually uh, fairly close to uh, what we can expect more generally. So back to the overall picture, you're saying that the coalition is actually picking up in the two-party preferred rankings. They're now consistently, seems in the news poll, getting around 49-51. How does that rank historically against other uh, governments, for instance, the Howard government or Keating or Hawke or anyone in the past? It's difficult to uh, compare directly. Um, The one thing that we would say is that, uh, look, it, it is very close at the moment, and it's close, I think, um, because we have two unpopular leaders. Mm. Uh, and typically when you've got two unpopular leaders, I, I think people are not sure which way to go, and that it ends up being um, quite close. Um, but the other thing that the coalition have got in their favour, even though the, the loss of votes in Queensland and also in WA would be a significant problem for the party because they could lose their majority in either of those two states, um, but I think that um, uh, the, the, the benefit that um, the uh, coalition has is that uh, Bill Shorten is so unpopular. And so Malcolm Turnbull, although not a popular prime minister in itself, with a, uh, a net dissatisfaction of, uh, as you say, 12%, uh, but uh, Bill Shorten's net dissatisfaction, i.e. those the proportion of voters dissatisfied rather than satisfied with his performance, is even greater. And Malcolm Turnbull still wins on the better Premier question now. So why did Malcolm Turnbull, um, I mean, you mentioned that there was a bit of uh, angst from the by-elections and from Tony Abbott causing trouble, but I guess that's that's been part of the white noise in politics for a long time. It seemed a precipitous fall, um, you know, certainly uh, outside the errors of, uh, you know, the margin of error. Um, seven points. Is, you know, are there any other factors that are causing that? Well, I, not that I can... I mean, it's a complex issue, and you can't really put your finger on any one factor. But clearly, uh, there in, the, in the two weeks since the previous poll, uh, there was uh, factors at work which uh, led to um, the decline for Malcolm Turnbull. And, you know, it, it could be, you know, questions surrounding the strength of his leadership when um, others within the party start to uh, make a bit of a noise. Mm. And you can actually see those effects as they come through. Well, uh, you know, in, com- in combination with other factors, certainly, uh, it, it, and it, it, it led, I believe, to the decline that we've seen here. And now this is a bit of a strange question to ask a pollster, but we seem to be uh, really obsessing about polls all the time now, more than we did, say, five or, you know, especially ten years ago. Um, is there an element here where people are, the public is so used to polls that they start gaming them? I, I don't think they really can, Miranda, because every poll that we do is based on uh, 1,600 people or so. And I, and I don't really see how uh, they could game them consistently one way or the other. The other factor is, of course, that we're so fortunate in Australia uh, that uh, we haven't had 
a Trump-style um, polling disaster or a Brexit-style polling disaster. In fact, uh, the polls have served the public very, very well over the years, uh, and a lot of that comes down, as I'm sure you know, to the reliability of news poll over the 30 years it's been going. Um, and so um, I don't mind people obsessing because I do believe uh, the basis of this obsession, i.e. the polls, uh, does provide uh, an accurate means of assessing public opinion. Mm, and I guess it's not one poll, but it's polls over time. So at this stage, seven or eight months out from the next election, how how does the coalition look at 4951, never winning a news poll, as we said, uh, I think lost 38 news polls in a row under Malcolm Turnbull? Well, um, it, it, it's not unusual for the uh, leading party to be uh, behind at this stage of the election cycle as voters... Uh, and I, I hesitate to say game the system, but uh, play uh, devil's advocate in saying, well, we're not very happy with the government, so we'll tell a poll that uh, we're not too uh, keen on them and that we'd vote for the opposition, even though on election day we may not. So it's typical for oppositions to be ahead at this stage of the election cycle. Um, but it all depends on how well the coalition can come back and can campaign. Hmm. Now, uh, uh, at the start of the year, I had a conversation with uh, your colleague at uh, News Corp, Simon Benson, and Simon made the point that uh, the coalition had two good polls uh, on the trot, and if they could have six months of clear air, they could get really back into this. And uh, I made the comment at the time that if the coalition gets six months of clear air, it would be the first six months of clear air they've had while they've been in government because they keep going from one uh, problem of their own making to another, and that, that seems to be the thing that holds them back more than anything else. Mm, very interesting. So in, in uh, just fin- finally, those by-elections, those Super Saturday by-elections, you don't see them as being indicative of some great, terrible problem that the coalition has? Uh, it, no, I don't think there's uh, a terrible problem. I think that uh, the coalition should be capable of coming back into this. Uh, the, obviously, a presidential-style campaign will serve them very well because uh, Malcolm Turnbull is that bit more popular than Bill Shorten. Uh, but um, um, and they have probably a reasonable track record on which to campaign, but they also seem to be able to put their foot in <laughs> their campaign um, you know, every now and then, and uh, that seems to be the thing that holds them back. Yeah, that's so true, seizing defeat from victory every time. <laughs> Thanks so much, David Briggs. Very interesting. My pleasure. And that, of course, was David Briggs, who is the Managing Director at YouTube, uh, sorry, not YouTube, YouGov Galaxy, which, of course, conducts news poll. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly Virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs> 